0: You've been watching the news at all. You've seen the horrific results of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria and all the lives that have been lost. And, oh, our hearts just are so heavy Mm -hmm. over that. And Todd Nettleton with Voice of the Martyrs is with us, and that's one thing we're going to talk about is the Christian's response. And good morning, Todd.
1: Good morning. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on as far as Christians are concerned there in Turkey and Syria with this earthquake.
2: Well, think about the fact that in Turkey, less than 1% of the population is Christian. So so Christians are a tiny, tiny minority in the country of Turkey. And most Turks would tell you uh, to be Turkish is to be Muslim. The, the two are kind of so closely identified in their minds that it's almost impossible for them to fathom a Turkish Christian. So The earthquake happens now a week and a half ago. Uh, Many churches in parts of Turkey that weren't affected by the earthquake, they immediately gathered people together and went to the earthquake area and began helping out, literally Mm. digging through rubble, literally pulling bodies out, pulling Mm. survivors out, and all in the name of Jesus. Hey, we're here to help in the name of Jesus. And so one of the things that they're praying is just that, that that will be noticed uh, and, and just this idea that wait a minute, they're Turkish and they're Christians. Wow, I, I didn't think that was possible. Mm. That's one of the things they're praying is just that this can be an open door for the gospel. Uh, as you mentioned, there, there's so much devastation and mm. so much loss of life and suffering. Uh, but they are trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus in, in the midst of all of that suffering. That's happening on the other side of the border as well in Syria. We have heard from Christian groups there that say, hey, We're going. We're going to help in the name of Christ. uh, Pray for us and pray that there will be open doors for the gospel in this time of suffering.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Todd, it's so overwhelming to see the numbers come through. I mean, my heart just sinks every time I hear a new number. And I'm thinking of, you know, the, the families that have lost one, the trauma of even moving forward after so much loss of life. And And yet Turkey is one of those situations where we don't have the greatest uh, relationship with them. So are they allowing people that are other than people that are already there to come in and help or, or not?
2: You know, I I think because of the desperation, I think, yes, I think there are outside groups and obviously that takes a little bit of time. You've got to stage it. You've got to get your supplies together. You've got to get there physically. Um, So I, I think that will definitely happen in the weeks to come, in the months to come. Uh, you mentioned the the loss of life. One, one of the really sad stories that we heard is uh, a pastor and his wife in Turkey were killed in the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, their son, young son, just a grade school age son, survived mm-hmm. in mm. in the same apartment. Uh, you know, mom and dad are killed, and the son survives, mm-hmm. which is you know it's one of those things you you have trouble understanding. But the the encouraging thing for our brothers and sisters in Turkey, just the day before the earthquake, uh, this pastor had preached on the hope of the resurrection. As Christians in Christ, we have the hope of eternity Mm -hmm. with Christ. We have the hope of resurrection. He preached that on Sunday morning, and on Monday morning, he was with Christ. He was in the presence of Christ. And so oh, as wow. our brothers and sisters there have thought about that, they thought, wow, you know, what an amazing last sermon mm. uh, to be about the hope of the resurrection and then to experience it so quickly. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, wow. so, Todd, what's an effective way for us to pray for our brothers and sisters there in Turkey and Syria right now?
2: pray for wisdom and discernment about how to help. But, you know, because there is so much devastation and so much need, mm. uh, they could work 24 hours a day uh, and not even scratch the surface of, of meeting all the need. And, and so just pray for discernment, uh, pray for a sense of encouragement as well. I, I can't imagine uh, all day, every day of going through rubble and removing bodies and yeah. all of the the trauma that's involved in that. So uh, pray for encouragement. And again, pray for open doors for the gospel, just that they will have an opportunity to say, hey, we. this is a terrible situation. We grieve with you, but we have hope because we know mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, and, and to kind of almost physically manifest that hope in this time of desperation and time of suffering.
0: Yeah. Would you pray for us when we can together? We can pray, Todd.
2: Yeah, let's just pray together. Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Turkey, our brothers and sisters in Syria. Lord, I think of this young boy who just lost his parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will you rest your hand on him and rest your spirit on him and uh, comfort him in this time? And Lord, you know, we multiply that story by thousands who have lost someone. And mm. uh, as we pray for Christians there, we pray that they will have encouragement. We pray for discernment and wisdom as they reach out in the name of Jesus, as they try to help uh, and represent you to the people around them. Uh, Lord, we pray for your spirit to rest on them and, and just keep them hopeful mm-hmm. and keep them energized, keep them passionate about the work that they're doing, even as the days grow long and, and the grief and the loss is all around them. Uh, Lord, we pray for a revival in Turkey. We pray mm-hmm. for a revival in Syria that many would come to know you. And we ask these things mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
1: Boy, and keep them in your prayers, not just today mm. or tomorrow. This right. is going to be decades recovering yeah. mm-hmm. uh, from this type of thing. So uh, thanks, Todd. Appreciate you praying. So also, um, you've talked about um, this many, many times over our visits, and that, of course, is Pastor Raymond Coe. Uh, Talk a little bit about um, this, I guess, I hate to say it, milestone that's coming up, though.
2: Yeah, it's one of those, it's like it's an anniversary, but it's not a happy anniversary. It's a sad anniversary. Monday was six years since the Mm. disappearance of Pastor Raymond Coe. Those who, I I have talked about this, two years after his disappearance, I, I went to Southeast Asia. I met his wife, Susanna. There is security camera footage of his abduction, uh, five cars. I I believe it was 13 men and it took 40 seconds. Uh, and he was gone. And we're now six years later. He has not been heard from Mm. his car. Has never been found. No one has ever been held accountable for his abduction. Mm. There's been no, you know, report, no release of information about him. Uh, and you know, I, I think about that. One of the conversations I had with Susanna and I don't think I'll ever forget it. She said, you know, I wake up every morning and I wonder, Is my husband dead or is he alive? Yeah. Is he well? Is he sick? Is he being cared for? Is he being mistreated? What is happening with my husband today? Uh, And I just thought, you know, Mm. the weight of doing that for a week, I think, might drive some of us insane. Uh, She's been doing that for six years now, Mm -hmm. waking up every morning with those questions and and wondering about that. And so uh, I would just encourage people, keep praying for Susanna, keep praying for their family. They actually are suing the Malaysian government. Uh, there is a court hearing scheduled for june and and their their goal is not you know to become millionaires their goal is to get information to figure out who did this where is pastor raymond is he dead is he alive right uh, and so you know i when susanna told me about the lawsuit she said you know when i went and talked to the lawyer uh, the first thing he said, he said, are you sure? Are, are you sure you want to sue the Malaysian? Your husband disappeared. Are yeah. you sure you want to poke the bear? Yeah. And she said, yes, I do. I want answers. I want to make this mm. go forward. And so uh, I would encourage people, pray for them, pray for their family and pray for this legal process. We, mm-hmm. we do pray for answers for them to just, uh, you know, even if Pastor Raymond Coe is dead, For them to know that and and have that closure and have those answers would be a huge blessing to them.
1: Sure, Mm -hmm.
2: definitely.
0: Also, let's switch over to Southeast Asia because there have been some folks that have been sent off to prison for trying to do the right thing.
2: Yeah. yeah, one of the things you hear from communist governments is, you know, it's not a matter of the Christians. Or we don't like Christians. The The problem is they don't follow the law. If they would just follow the law, then there wouldn't be any persecution. There wouldn't be any problems. You know, we, we don't have anything against Christians. We just want people not to be lawbreakers. Well, these three men in Southeast Asia, they were the first people to come to follow Christ in their village. They had a relative who was a Christian who shared the gospel with them. They began following Jesus, they began sharing with other people in the village. Well, pretty soon there was a group of Christians there and they wanted to have a church. They wanted to gather together for worship. And so uh, they started the process to register a church, which is what the government says. If you want to have a church, you you can do that. You just need to register it. So they started that process. They are now in jail for 18 months for, uh, oh, for starting that process. Oh. And apparently, this particular village that they were in, the authorities, the village leaders, took a lot of pride in the fact that they didn't have any Christians in the village. You know, everyone in our village is a good communist. We don't have any people following that foreign religion. So when these guys came forward and said, hey, not only are we following Jesus, but we want to have a church, we want to have a, a public place to worship— uh, apparently that set off the the leaders of the village who, who took this pride in being such good communists that they didn't have any Christians around them. Uh, that seems to be what led to this imprisonment. And uh, honestly, when we first heard about this story, these three guys had just disappeared. They apparently had been arrested, but there had not been any notification given. Their families hadn't been told what happened to them. And there was some thought, you know, have— have they been taken out in the jungle and killed? You know, what, mm. what's gone on? So we're thankful that they're still alive, but obviously 18 months in prison for trying to follow the law and right. register your church uh, seems like a pretty harsh punishment.
1: Yeah. Oh my. And so have they been formally charged? And if so, what's the sentence? Have they been given a sentence And anything?
2: the, the What we understand is that it will be 18 months and they will serve the 18 months in prison. Um, You know, one of the things for people, for our listeners to understand is uh, what is registration? Why is that a problem? Well, you know, to register your church in most of the places where they want you to register your church, what that means is we need a list of all the people who are part of your church. We want their names. We Mm -hmm. want their addresses. We want to know who they are. Uh, And obviously for Christians in hostile and restricted nations, like, wait a minute, you want a list of all the Christians, the government who has a history of persecuting Christians. Now you want us to write down all their names and give them to you. That you can see why Christians in, in places like this are, are kind of nervous about that sure. whole registration thing. Yeah, yeah and you
0: wonder if these brothers, when they return, will they register? <laughs> will they try? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will they try again? <laughs> We're still here. and We still want to register. <laughs> The. One of
2: the prayer requests in their situation, in particular, their families are still in this village, and so oh they are quite isolated. There's a lot of pressure against them. They, you know, everybody in the village knows. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're the Christians. They're the, their husbands are in jail there, and so it has been a tough situation mm. for their wives mm. as well. And again, because it's a, a kind of isolated village where everybody knows each other, it's hard to try to get help. It's hard for other Christians from outside to even go and try to visit them uh, because everybody's watching. Everybody knows what's going on in the village. So uh, just pray for their families as well, because it's a a tough time for them as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. That's Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs. And of course, if people do want to keep up to date with everything that you guys are doing, uh, you've got a great resource for them.
2: We do. We have a free magazine. You can come to persecution.com and sign up. Just give us your name and address. We will send you the Voice of the Martyrs magazine every month. We also have a brand new app. We talked about this two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Brand new app, VOM app. You can search in your app store. Lots of free content, videos, uh, audio. VOM radio is in there. As well, every day, a new prayer request for persecuted Christians around the world. So you can pray every single day for a brand new, fresh, uh, timely prayer request for our brothers and sisters around the world.
1: That's good. Thanks, Todd. As always, we appreciate your time. Look forward to a couple of weeks.
2: I look forward to it as well.